Hi, I'm Shreen Patek, and you're listening to Making Marketing by Digiday. Every week, I talk to marketing leaders who are changing the industry one decision at a time. Consultancies are turning into agencies as agencies grapple for a seat at the table. My guest today is Alicia Hatch, CMO at Deloitte Digital, the multi-billion dollar ad agency that sits within Deloitte. Alicia and I talked about the pressures on today's CMO, why Deloitte believes in having skin in the game, and why in-house does not scare her. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hi, Alicia. Welcome to Making Marketing. Thanks for having me, Shireen. We're so excited to have you. Okay. One of the things, every time I Google you, which I have done a lot of today, I kept seeing this one thing come up, which I found was really interesting. And I think, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but sort of like marketers don't know how to market themselves. Um, and that's a really interesting kind of idea for me because I have heard that in a lot of different shapes and forms from different people in the marketing industry. I've heard agency CEOs tell me it's like the shoemaker's son syndrome. We do a great job at marketing our clients. We do a terrible job at marketing ourselves. Um, and that is a really interesting way, I think, to frame kind of what's happening in the industry right now. But first, I want you to tell me what you sort of mean when you say marketers, great at marketing, bad at marketing themselves. I think we need to actually remarket marketing. Marketing is more powerful than ever. It's positioned to be a strategic growth, growth driver of a company. And no one gets the real power of marketing now. And it is often dismissed. And we're not telling our own story. It's actually never been a better time to be a marketer. We've never had more tools. We've never had more insight. We've never had more power to connect to actual growth, bottom line, impact, and yet. And yet. <laughs> and yet nobody's taking it seriously. So when you say sort of that people aren't, you know, putting it, I guess, in the place that it needs to be put or sort of dismissing it, what does that mean? And when we say marketing, I mean, are you talking about marketing functions within big brands or are you talking about sort of what you do as a CMO within Deloitte Digital or do you mean kind of as a discipline as a whole? I mean, having a seat at the strategy table in the boardroom. Companies that are winning now have completely reoriented the entire operation, not just marketing, around the customer. They take that seriously, wired top to bottom, side to side. It is a totally new approach to the way to run business. It's not just about effective marketing. Marketers are in a position to pull the insights out of the audience that actually can drive innovation. More innovation is driven out of novel use of products and services from customers than the R&D department typically. Watching those customers, how they use your products and services, that is an absolute goldmine of insights to make a company thrive. Yeah, give me an example. So you're watching, um, I mean, very simple. We've watched a hundred times on Instagram mm -hmm. that it, Facebook designed it to be one thing. Instagram designed it to be one experience and the users took over and there was a ton of direct messaging that all of a sudden they started solving for. And let's allow them to direct message in visual format and, and to be able to um, change their own experience based on what they were doing. They were totally wide open to what that experience should be. Mm -hmm. Really obvious, simple answer, example, but it it ties into every type of product and service that's being created now, especially in digital. So sort of customer first. I mean, that's that's the sea change that you think is happening? Because I'm still, I'm still interested we, in going back to sort of why is marketing, again, being dismissed or sort of, or needs to reinvent itself and take itself and sort of make sure that they're marketing themselves. What does that really mean and why is it happening? Okay, here's what's actually happening. We're not just talking about customer first. We're talking about human first. It's a very different paradigm. 
the entire economy is reorganizing right now. We talk about disruption. Oh, this industry is getting hit hard. This industry is getting disrupted. This is disruption is an insufficient word for actually what's underlying all of this. We built our industry construct in an era of industrialization in a supply-driven economy mindset. We were supplying products and services. We were supplying widgets. Right. And that was it. That was our function as a company. In a connected world where Consumers have been not only empowered individually, but collectively, where they exist in these hives, this audience where they're influencing each other continuously. We are now in a demand-driven economy. We are now replacing industries mm -hmm. by human needs. Mm -hmm. So if you really look at the industries that are innovating the fastest, they are doing it around the paradigm of human need. Humans do not need surgery. They need to be well. You get surgery if you're not well. But humans don't need cars. They need mobility. They want to get somewhere. Right, right. So it, it goes on and on, but that little nuance of a shift literally around the customer, around the human being at the center, opens entire new markets right now. You, you look at the partnerships that are happening out there. So interesting. Amazon, Chase, Berkshire Hathaway coming together to lower costs of healthcare for US workers, an unlikely trio, right? It's, it's happening all over the place. The boundaries are blurring in ways that people don't understand, but that customer piece is not just critical for getting your message across. It's not just critical for designing your own business strategy. It, it allows you to look at partnerships and markets in entirely new ways. Make new markets versus just dominate existing markets. Okay, so let, let's keep carrying that thread uh, forward because I really like that idea. So you've look, at the end of the day, if you're a car maker, you're still going to make cars, right? You can't, you might not be able to, and it's not very easy to suddenly pivot into something else. But as the marketing department can do is... They don't have to tell the customer about their customer need. They can tell them about their human need. Human need. This isn't about buying a car. This is about getting to where you need to go. But isn't that what sort of aspirational kind of marketing was always around? That it wasn't really about just let's just make sure that this like sale happens. Let's show customers the real lives they can lead if they buy this car, if they buy this soap, if they buy this shaving kit, whatever it is. Is that kind of the change or is that the challenge now for marketing is to let's let's then focus on the human need? And what does that actually mean in practice for someone like you or someone like or some a company like Deloitte? So first of all, marketing always focused on selling that foamy layer around whatever it was you were selling, you're buying makeup, they're going to sell you hope <laughs> with it, right? The marketing you're going to get a boy that. Yeah, you're all the emotion within it was sure. part of the value. Sure. And marketing's always been very good at it. It's never really been pinpointed in terms of the value of that that value creation that happens with emotion that consumers are buying on outside of just calling it a premium. Um but it's deeper than that now. It's not just about selling an idea. It's digging down in deep to reorient around how you look at opportunities, what possibilities are there. And marketers are closer to the customer, to the human side of 
understanding an audience than anyone in the company. So you bring those insights in, not to just your creative to drive purchase, but actually bring them in to your business strategy. And you may have a new business model that you weren't thinking of. Right. So, and this is great because I want to talk a little bit about sort of Deloitte Digital because I think a lot of people are sort of curious about, you know, a company like Deloitte building out sort of a creative plus 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 services model within within its walls. Um, and, you know, going out to clients and doing kind of agency like or agency adjacent services. So at the same time, so you've got, you know, you're saying, okay, marketers really have a great opportunity in front of them. It's never been a better time to be a marketer. Everyone's sort of excited about this. Cool. At the same time, CMOs at the big brands, at the at your clients are under a ton of pressure right now to connect those dots, the money that they're spending on their marketing investments and make sure that their CFO and CEO are seeing the return. And they can do it because to your point, they've got a ton of tools. They're able to do it. At the same time, there's so much pressure. Make sure this is actually worth it. Make sure that non-working media costs are down. Make sure that you're not wasting my money. How do those two things stack up? Because it almost feels like they could be at odds with each other, all this room to experiment, but at the same time, like the boss is over your shoulder more often and louder than ever before. It's absolutely true, but it doesn't scare us at all because we are literally built for the modern CMO. We were born out of recognizing simply what brands need now. We did not go into a war room and say, we're going to set our sights on that industry right there and we're moving in and we're taking over. You didn't. This was That's an everybody actual... Thinks you, I, I, everybody thinks you did. Yeah. Everybody thinks that you guys all sat there being like, aha, WPP, coming after you. The drama works so well in the media, <laughs> doesn't it? But it, really, it's about stepping back and looking at the companies themselves. We work with 80% of the Fortune 500. These are our companies that many have been around for a while. And when you say we're right ta- you're talking about Deloitte. Deloitte. Okay. And right now, the lifespan of those companies is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. In 2012, it was 33 years. 2018, 12 years. Right now, 40% of the Fortune 500 are dying every 10 years. This is a high stakes business right now. And how do you help a company actually make that transition? It's not simply about digital transformation, the overused term of just putting technology in and calling yourselves digital. It is a fundamental reorientation of the entire company across every function, the way the company hums. We understand the CMO's power role in that, if they can actually step into it. Mm -hmm. It's not a small task. It's by no means easy, but there's totally a path. So in recognizing that it was only when the entire enterprise was orchestrated together, we, we had to step in and help the CMO, mm-hmm. as well as the CIO, as well as the CTO, as the CDO, and all of it together. And that's why the industry became relevant. It, it was brands need this now. And so we, are, we make old companies new again. So when we look at what's possible with the industry, we're looking at it from a frame of not just how things have been or this is how we do things. It's just what is needed now. So the role of the CMO has evolved tremendously. CMOs are now expected to speak the language of business, which is for decades that was not true. Which, which boggles my mind, by the way. It, it, I, I'm like, I'm sorry. Oh, right. CMOs have to have to be business transformation 
yeah, if, if you're the CMO of a giant CPG company, I should hope you know what sort of the business of soap is. No one was trained on this, right? This is all new. The learning curve's dramatic. And in addition to speaking the language of business, you are reporting on business metrics instead of just marketing metrics. 73% of CMOs own P&Ls now. Dramatically different. You're playing a role as a growth driver. Top line growth is not easy to get to. You can always cut to the bottom line. Mm -hmm. But the potential is also huge because if you can mastermind the top line, amazing. So Mm -hmm. I love the idea of CMO stepping into an entirely new. And that opens up then Deloitte Digital's role in this entire thing. Because then if you've already got Deloitte working with the CTO and the CIO and CEO, then why not also this increasingly important role, which has the potential? They all work together. That. The reality is in 2017, CMOs outspent IT on technology for the first year. How much time CMOs are spending on technology? Huge. So then on that then, how do you structure your model as Deloitte Digital to then account for this? Suddenly the CMO has this immense potential, but also as you just said, a learning curve or steep learning curve. Um, It's challenging. Again, it's exciting. And everyone likes to say exciting when it's also challenging, but it is hard. Um, So you've got a good business opportunity here. You can go in and say, we know your business because we've got this giant company behind us and part that we are part of. Um, How do you say, what are you bringing to the table? And what's your competitive advantage in that model compared to all of the other services businesses out there that are trying to help CMOs do their jobs better as well? And help do marketing. Model is the key word, and it's actually why we started Deloitte Digital versus just being Deloitte, right? We have this tremendous armada of assets at Deloitte. Why, why would we need another brand to deploy those assets? Well, in fact, we created a new operational model, and it's designed to operate across every work stream on Agile. It's designed to li- deliver in weeks and months, not years. We can all at once see a very long game. We already know the path, right? But we're able to demonstrate traction for that CMO because they have to continuously prove in the moment that what they're doing is working as well as being at, at making big bets mm-hmm. all at the same time. So we redesigned the way that we work and the way that we work with organizations. So we're not looking for just a pure outsource and you know we'll come back to you. I mean, the word agent is a legal term right, to act on behalf of, really designed largely for media buying. But the relationship now between brands and agencies is very different than what that word connotes. It actually is so much about to operate at this clip continuously in that world of the connected customer. You have got to be absolutely bolted on seamlessly to the brand that you're helping. And we do that. We build in-house we, we hope that we can strengthen the in-house organization to the extent that we can walk away. That's when we actually declare victory. Is that something you, really, is that something it, you say or is that something you real? really want? So you're okay, you'll talk yourself out of a job. In a world of change, there is no lack of jobs <laughs> out there. <laughs> you'll find it's another always job. another thing, but we really are looking at capacity building mm-hmm. and helping to transfer value into the company to because we will look at the entire company end to end and say how can we make you the strongest possible asset and within that you know it's it's the uber for talent incredible talent you know it's partly um 
how we're able to do that and augment what they need. And so we have incredible teams that work across many different roles at, in rapidly to be able to bring new solutions together. And that includes creative. So that's really interesting because I think, you, you know, what you're saying is we're going to help you do your do your jobs better, but also help CMOs get that top line growth, have yeah. those because all these metrics that they're responsible for um, will help you do it. What about your metrics for success? Why, if a client is, you know, asking you to help them do whatever that thing is, digital transformation, whatever you want to call it, are you operating more in sort of outcome based models? Are you going to get paid more and differently? Because, again, I think that the way the way agencies, the traditional when I say agency, I'm talking about sort of the traditional and what people think about the WPP's agencies of the world. One of the things that was is and I think people are open about this now is sort of this fee based models that didn't really work out. That's what created like an inherent lack of trust, I think, between a lot of big brands and their agencies. Not all of them, but there is a trust issue there. Why should we trust this agent to do this for us? And a lot of it was because of the way they were paid. The marketer's investment never lined up with the agency's final goals. And there was a misalignment there to begin with. Do you have a misalignment or are you trying to align? We are so ready to put skin in the game on anything we do. So we'll do outcomes based all the time. Often what's interesting is the business is not there yet. They don't have the the internal, yeah, the brand. They don't have the internal models for even being able to pay that way or forecast and just Because they've got sort of vendor-based agreements in their head, right? So that Mm -hmm. has to evolve. But for those who can take that on, it's a genius approach because they get exactly what they need. And we are in the business of them succeeding. That's really all that any brand actually needs. Mm -hmm. And the skin in the game makes all the difference. And we, we can play along. We're a private company. Right. right? We can put our P&L behind anything. And um, so we definitely use that approach. And I think at the same time, we're growing 30% a year. Year over year, we have since our inception. So there's a little less worry about, you know, working ourselves out of a job or losing a client because it's just always growing. Also, and you've right? also got this big company. Again, you've got your, you've got Deloitte working with, what was it, 80, 80% mm-hmm. of sort of the world's biggest brands, yeah, right? right? So it's almost like there is it's safety net or there is a backing. You're not just, oper- you're not somebody that just woke up one morning and said, hey, I'm going to make a boutique agency and hope for the best. Got to make it. And that allows us to just approach the industry and the moment mm-hmm. and the need mm-hmm. with very open minds and say, what should we actually do right now? What is the right thing to do? Right. What is needed? Not, here's what we have to do to survive two more months, right? Okay. And it's a, it's an incredible a platform actually for innovation, which I didn't necessarily realize when my company was acquired by Deloitte right. five years ago. Yeah. And yeah, I want to talk a little no bit about how you got into got into Deloitte because I think that's interesting. You know, I've um, it's kind of a red thread through my career in that I was at Microsoft for a while and we launched the first Xbox, and it was at a time where we were the most unlikely competitor against Sony and Nintendo and no one thought we could do it and they threw us a pile of money and they said you have about we have 10 minutes a year for you like just (laughs) go over there so we could kind of just do what we wanted to do it was truly like a startup environment within this massive company and and so I loved that startup environment and built a startup after that which is what I ended up selling to Deloitte and I thought oh I'm back to big again is it going to be possible to innovate here? Can I have real impact? My first question was, so who do I report to? I was like, eh, 
it's a partnership. It's the largest partnership in the world of any kind, which means it's essentially the largest platform for entrepreneurship that exists. So innovation is iterative, continuous every single day. We do not set a strategic plan that it, we're locked into the mm -hmm. entire year. We directionally know exactly what we're doing, but we encourage innovation across the entire firm. So you sort of mentioned this, and you know, one one of your actually pretty big capabilities, and one that you've talked about, uh, the company's talked about, has been helping brands in house where needed, and that was, you know, that's something I've talked to multiple people from the company about. About okay, if this is what they want, then we'll help them do it. Cool, that sounds good. After that, you know, that innovation bit, how do you bring that to the table? Because I think a lot of again agency, agency type structures talk about, well, we can help them be innovation partners. More and more, I'm hearing those traditional agents say, well, we we can be strategic and consulting partners. So everything in the industry is starting to look like everything else. I was joking to somebody the other day that all brands look like publishers now and all publishers are agencies and all the consultancies are agencies. And at this point, they might as well be brands. If the, if the industry itself is getting so sort of consolidated almost, everything is starting to look like everything else. Is there, is there, is the worry one about competition? Is there a worry about where do you go from here? Or what is kind of the big challenges you see it as a business for a Deloitte Digital in general? To be honest, we don't pay a lot of attention to what everybody else is trying to be because we're very centered in who we are and what we're trying to do. Um, so it's less of a game that way to us. We're, we're really just trying to create a new t context for marketing to be, you know, it's it, the art of the possible of marketing in this moment be in, in its its best possible state. And um, so we're we're really not concerned so much about competing directly. And I think if you look under the hood, the word consulting can mean a hundred <laughs> Pretty things. much anything. <laughs> Maybe a hundred thousand. <laughs> it's like snow. So we understand sure. that going back to that sort of description of what companies need to do to actually be successful at transforming themselves, it's not just a little bit of advice mm -hmm. in one area of the company. Okay. It 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 is lateral, sweeping, runs deep and wide. Mm -hmm. And to be able to do that and holistically it is what makes the difference between a successful transformation and one that's just a technology implementation mm -hmm. that is called a transformation, but not really. Beyond that, though, the innovation piece is it's making innovation efficient and continuous. It's instead of every company building up their own brain trust around innovation or their specific bets, we are incubating all of the time, mm -hmm. hundreds of bets. And we can go in, we design pilots across everything continuously back to that traction point and allow them to sample things without making a giant investment, begin to start demonstrating what the possibility could be. So some of it is just operational, honestly, and being able to set up innovation marketing, for example, continuous designing of pilots, testing new tactics all the time. It's a discipline. And you've got new technologies, right? Because everybody, I, I, the other thing I hear from CMOs is, okay, what are you worried about? It's how do I keep up? How do I, everyone's talking about AI. Don't know what the hell AI is. I've just talked about blockchain, no idea how it fits into my business. And you are able to say, okay, I have expertise in this. I'll help you do it. All at once. Yeah. 
Uber for innovation. What is the one thing you're <laughs> being asked to do more of or do more preliminary work in right now that's exciting or interesting? So what I'm obsessed with right now is the role of AI in building the human experience. We actually think what we're doing is elevating the human experience. That may sound lofty <laughs> when it comes to marketing. That's big. But actually, you break that down those moments, all of those interactions. You get to the human basic set of emotions and needs, and you engage and create experience around that. And you really are actually changing people's lives. You so are, brands are going to elevate the human experience, or are? In fact. They really are. Actually. And we're... we're totally on that path with the number of brands. So with AI, AI is only as good as the data you pump into it. So what we've been doing is we built out a proprietary predictive AI that allows us to really forecast the cultural trends and, and the patterns in behaviors and the moments that are going to matter within 72 hours, which means we're constantly serving up around what is contextually relevant. We've got programmatics been able to get the media to the right place, right time, right person, <laughs> but the content that's served up is not always contextually relevant. Right. So it's we almost are, a resurgence, a little bit of content, at least as I see it. They're coming back together, <laughs> creative and media. More jobs for journalists and brands. Right. Yeah, so to be able to actually put the human wrapper around the data that we're processing and apply it then to the content, and the impact the content is having on people and their lives and really as a collective, right? We're mapping all of these patterns across groups versus just about individuals. And that, that connection is also about the human experience. Amazing. Great. So very positive on the state of the business entirely. I'm having so much fun. Yeah. Alicia Ash, thank you for being on Making Marketing. Thanks, Shereen. And that's all for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Our producer is Aditi Sangal. If you like the show, here's what you need to do. Give us a shout out on iTunes or tweet at me. I'm at Shereen Batek on Twitter. You can also send me an email at Shereen at digiday.com. I can't wait to hear what you think. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music.